He doesn't want them having kids. And abortion. And when they do have kids, they want to kill the kid. Right? Now, here's a question. Who's doing these abortions? And who's going about lifestyles that don't produce kids? Liberals, right? Do we want these people around? Right? <laughs> so they don't want to reproduce themselves. What's, what am I upset for? I don't want you to reproduce either. Right? And they want to kill off their own population. So the only concern that I have is that Muslims don't do it. You guys don't want to you destroy yourselves, destroy yourselves. You, you guys don't want to have kids, don't have kids. And you want to have kids, you want to kill your kids, I feel bad. But to be honest with you, that kid's going to be a victim anyway if he's your kid. Right? You're better off not having kids. So what am I bothered for, Roe versus Wade or otherwise? Right? All, as long as the Muslim, we know what our deen is and, and, and our ummah isn't uh, getting involved in that stuff. What do I care what you guys do? Rather not have less of you around the, in the first place. So, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillahi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Welcome everybody to Nothing But Facts after a little bit of a, um, a, a, little bit of a uh, technical rough start, but that's, it happens, I guess, it's not a problem, and we're pretty much a genuine... Um, you know, operation, we don't have a lot of um, officiality and formality, and that's something that I'm all, always about. I'm not into, like, formalities and officialities, but this our stream just keeps getting better and better and better. If you notice now, our picture is much better than it started in the past, right? Because we use OBS and because we got um, a secret source. His name is Noah. Okay, Noah from Al-Habasha. Okay, uh, and he's the one who's who's like a secret behind the scenes. We got Soheiba Wan, secret behind the scenes too, who's helping us put together a a little jingle. All right, we have a really nice little jingle with some synth in the beginning and then drums and voice. That's gonna start our program, right? It's gonna be really nice, right? Can you dim it as much as possible too, so we don't get a glare? All right. So, uh, really neat stuff coming on here. And now we have our little banners. So let's go with uh, uh, our first sponsor, MeccaBooks.com. Ladies and gentlemen, you want to get involved with building a library for your house. Every house should have a library. People need to know how to read, right? People don't read anymore, but they need to read. So MeccaBooks.com is what you're going to, where you're going to go for these types of um, uh, tr- traditional Islamic. Uh, theology books, law books, etc. And then, professors one-to-one. If you need tutors in any field, you go to professor1to1.com. Okay, professors1to1.com. All right, next. And keep this up, Ryan. The next one, just keep it up the whole time. Patreon.com backslash Safina Society. All right, and that's basically what... Uh, how you're going to support us, right? Patreon.com backslash Safina Society. Each time, mashallah, we get your support and we feel your love. And there's a lot of love in this stream. There's no hate. Alhamdulillah, we don't have nothing. We don't say anything obnoxious to anybody in this stream. Everything is all about love in this crew. We created an online crew, to be honest with you. We have a gang. Wallahi al-Azim, I'm a big fan of gangs. We got the same people. Caitlin Joham's here all the time. Hamza Hussein is here before we're here. Right? He shows up before we show up. Adizman, 
is since Ramadan, Arizman has been here. All right. Art by Fatima is usually here, and Art by Fatima is somebody who is a painter, and she painted an amazing picture for us, and we're going to order a second one. Reed is always here. So we have an online gang, and I'm a big fan of, of, of operating in a group because in this day and age, you got to keep, to keep your Iman up and going, you got to have a group, right? You got to be operating in a group. All right, and we got Madiki Click, Noah. Oh, Madiki Click is the enforcer of the group. We know that. Madiki Click is the online version of Ilyas. Like Alex, if there's any issue at MBIC, I remember one time a man came up to us after the aggressive Egyptian brother. Of course, it's, it's usually, they can be sometimes so obnoxious because they had the Azhar, sometimes they think they're the only, you know, keepers of Islam, Right? And you ask them, you think they would think that all of the uh, Sahaba were Egyptians, okay? And Bukhari, Muslim, and Ghazali were Egyptians. He comes up to us with a really aggressive a- a- attitude, and I started talking to him. Ilyas came right up. Wallah, Adim was about to fight. He was ready to fight. Maliki Click is the online version. You have to have an enforcer. You know, in hockey, there are enforcers. An enforcer is the guy who goes and he fights for his teammates, okay? And they say, these are a bunch of goons. No, let's do an analysis of the enforcer. The enforcer is the most moral person in the group. I'll tell you why. He will sacrifice himself for the group. When these guys fight, like when an enforcer fights, he's risking his brain, he's risking his entire body. The most moral person in the group, they think, oh, he's just a bum, he just fights. No, the, mo- the enforcer in any jama'ah is the most moral person in the group. He's the soul of the group. Like Abu Dhar al-Ghifari. Did he have to offer fine words? No. Did he have money to offer? No. Did he have wise political uh, counsel to offer? No. What did he offer for the Prophet ﷺ? He was the enforcer. Okay. Anybody messed around, he was right there. Okay. Abu Dhar al-Ghifari. Sayyidina Umar had gathered so many virtues, he was an enforcer and more. Okay, how many times did Sayyidina Omar said, "Oh, Messenger of Allah, should I liberate his head from his neck?" Right, a very eloquent way of saying, "Should I take his neck off?" Okay, so the enforcer of the group, and then we got here Aisha Mukhtar out of England, and she's always part of the Fajr in Ramadan. Aisha Kazi, all of these people in our jama'ah, right? Yes, Maliki Click is a convert. Maz is asking, he's a convert, and he. Farus, the the fighter. No, no, no. Farus. Uh, oh, Farus. Oh, Maliki Click. His story is online. You can read it, uh, watch the video for it, and you can. Um, he's he's basically one step removed from Norway. He's a Norwegian. His parents are Norwegian immigrants, which is very sim- interesting because their immigration life of immigrants were immigrant parents are immigrants, but it's got to be a completely different immigrant experience, right? Uh, between Norwegians and Arabs and Daisies. Now let's get to go. Uh, get going with our class. What are we all about here today? We're reading. Uh, we're on the Tafsir of Surat Al-Fil, and we, in this live stream, what do we do? We read from classical texts. Uh, I don't bring. We don't bring fatawa from our own. We read from different classical texts all the times. A lot of times, it's Siyuti. It's one of our favorite go-to. Okay, Ibn Hajar, if we can. And today it's a Durra, pretty contemporary scholar, 
right? But it's a very, very good tafsir in that he gathers from other tafsir. And we're going to read today from Surah Al-Fil. And why you have to know that Surah Al-Fil is so important is because you have to understand the psychology of da'wah. Da'wah never starts. It never begins out of nowhere. You have to lay the groundwork well in advance to have a da'wah that is valid. Now, da'wah, like dhikr, is always valid, but its effectiveness is different. All right, let's talk about dhikr. Any dhikr that you do counts as dhikr. That means if I'm just sitting here watching TV and say, Allah, 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 it's dhikr. Is it as effective? No, it's not as effective, right? It's not as effective as, let's say, if I am uh, focusing completely on wudu, facing the qibla, and doing dhikr. So it's all dhikr, but it's not as, the, the levels of effectiveness are all different. Okay? We know that. But da'wah is the same thing. All da'wah is, in a sense, it counts. It's, it's, it's something. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they're all the same. Okay? They could be very different from each other. Right? You can have a da'wah that's very effective and a da'wah that's not effective. Funny thing is, I remember, you know, we uh, started the, uh, uh, the, 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 uh, the dinners here. Okay? And when we started these dinners, and we started calling it, we were saying, like, this is the Dawah Center. We call the place the Dawah Center. And a guy says, well, I mean, I don't know if you're really a Dawah Center. I haven't seen any pamphlets being handed out. Right? So I said, what does it have to do with Dawah? That's, like, the, the least effective Dawah. is to be an absolute stranger and give a pamphlet to somebody. Right? So the idea that you're a complete stranger... It, that's no good in Dawa. You need to be a known entity in Dawa. Not only you need to be a known entity, you need to have some basis and some street credibility. Okay? So when a father, for example, gives Dawa to his son, the credibility is high. When, when a brother to a cousin, okay? or a cousin to a cousin, or a brother to a brother, or someone who's been in the community for ages... So we have, alhamdulillah, now, I think that the future imams in, in our neighborhood, in our area, they're not going to be hired from outside, inshallah ta'ala. They're going to be people that we already know. That's the best way to do things. Because when he talks now, we know him inside and out, right? One of the reasons I, I happen to f- make, find a home here is because I've known these people since I was like 17. And some people, since I was 12, Right? I've known them. So when we came in, we just like fit like a glove. Okay? Unlike the imported person where we don't know you, how are you our leader? We don't even know who you are. Okay? So this idea of being known is part of dawah. And that, what you're asking me, what does this have to do with Surah Al-Fil? It has everything to do with Surah Al-Fil. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not bring the dawah of Islam to Quraysh in starting with the age of 40 with the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi No. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa himself lived 40 years with Quraysh. They knew him inside out. His nickname was the trustworthy and the honest. That means you give him something, you can trust him with it. If he speaks, he's honest. He's always telling the truth. It's something that began with the grandfather of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa Abdul Muttalib. And the climax, the greatest moment with the Prophet ﷺ is that 
when Abraha came to destroy Mecca and destroy the Kaaba, okay, the entirety of Arabia was aware of it. And the entirety of Arabia, all right, was watching what's going to happen. And the entire Arabia knew the news of the outcome. This is what we call a tawatur. It's so important to understand this concept. A tawatur. Tawatur means something so widespread it's impossible to have been false. It's impossible that anyone made it up. When you have tawatur, you don't need to check the narrators. It's almost like if you go to New York City and you're, uh, you ask, hey, you get out of Penn Station and say, how do I get into Madison Square Garden? Does, do you need to ask the other person, oh, this person is carrying a beer, I'm not going to ask him. Oh, this person is, looks like a fasik to me, I'm not going to ask him. Oh, this person is a stranger. No, you don't have to ask him. This is something that the, 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 the testimony of this person is accepted because this is a, a Tawatur thing. Madison Square Garden is a huge building. Everyone knows where it is in New York. You don't know because you're an outsider. You come in and he tells you. So Tawatur does not require you to check the narrators because it's so widespread. Right? That's the epistemology of transmission. Okay. The Tawatur of the, this incident proved and showed to all of Arabia that Quraysh was a special people, that Abdul Muttalib was a capable leader. All right, and that they were the people of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Their nickname after the incident of Abraha was Ahlullah. And the incident of Abraha is as follows, is that Abraha himself was a Habashi. Okay, Noah, you know him, maybe you are ancient descendants. Okay, he's from Habash. He was a general, but he was also a very zealous religi- uh, religious, like a priest in their religion. So he was both, because back in the old days, you can be like 10 things all at once. You could be the top mathematician, that you could be a cartographer, you can be a scribe, you can be a priest, and you could be a general. Because life was a little bit more simple, so it would probably take you five years to master each of these skills. By the age of 35, you've probably mastered all the knowledge there is to know in your city. It's very possible to, for that to have been done. And that's why in the past you see so-and-so, he was a scholar, and he was a physician, and a mathematician, and an astronomer, and a general, Right? In the old days, that was possible. Today, with the advent of the explosion of human population, the preservation of knowledge, etc., etc., you can barely even have one specialty. Okay? And, you, and, and in order to do that specialty, you need a committee. So, point being, is he's a priest and he's a general. Now, the king of Habasha sends two people out, Abraha and somebody else. Now, that other person wasn't as pious in Christianity, wasn't as zealous, and so Abraha knocked him out, and Abraha became the only general of Yemen. All right, so he became the the governor of Yemen. He's he colonize, He's the colonizer of Yemen, basically. Okay, so Abraha says he wants to convert the Arabs. These are a bunch of pagans, and this is Christianity is the truth. And so we need to do this. They say, well, the capital of the pagans is in Mecca. Okay. And so he, they, they honor that house. So he said, all right, well, we'll build a bigger one. So he builds this most gorgeous church. It's huge. And it towers, and the Arabs had never seen anything that tall. Because you have to understand, in Habasha at that time was one of the seats of civilization. East Africa was one of the seats of civilization. Okay, 
you might not think about that now because ever since the 80s, when I was young, when it was the 80s, Ethiopia was the place of famine. Okay? And then other places became the place of famine. But, but in the ancient times, Habasha was a seat of civilization. It was like Rome, the Byzantines, the Persians, the Indians, the Chinese, and that was like one tier. The second tier down, Habasha, the East Africans. Okay, And so the Arabs, they brought that technology over, their knowledge over of how to build stuff. They built something that Arabs had never seen. It had rubies, it had beautiful stone, gemstones. It was an, a, a sight to behold. A man of Quraysh heard there, he's building a rival temple. So what does he do? He goes there, he looks at it. It is pretty amazing. Okay. And he waits until the night falls. And he goes out there. He gets onto the altar because it's a Christian church. So it's, it's long and it has an altar. Right? And he gets on top of the altar. Okay. And he defecates on the altar. Abraha wakes up next day. He, they yell for him. Someone's desecrated our altar. And he knows who exactly did it. It's the Arabs, right? I mean, it's the Quraysh. It's somebody from the Kaaba. Defending the Kaaba, he comes, desecrates our altar. So we're going to go destroy him. Now, Abraha doesn't march straight to Mecca. He's opposed by every possible tribe. But he conquers each one. And they all sell out. All of them, he says, it's your life or you help me get to Mecca. Because it's hard to travel in the desert. So he needs guides. And he wants to increase his army. He wants to make the army so big that the Meccans don't even put up a fight. And so every tribe along the way sells out. Which is a sign because you all know that you sold out. All of Arabia knows that you sold out. And the Quraysh is the only tribe that doesn't sell out. They stick with it. So he goes in. He goes up, sellout after sellout after sellout until he finally gets there. And Abdul Muttalib looks at this. Now, Abdul Muttalib, by this time, you have to understand he's already a legend of Quraysh. He's somebody that has already established himself as the appointed leader from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by means of miracles. And those miracles being the first one, the digging of Zamzam. That's in a sense a miracle because he got the vision to do that and there was a great treasure that made them rich and then there was now a body of water. When you're in the desert and you find water, that's a big deal. Okay, That's the biggest deal to keep you alive. When they arbitrated, who should run this desert? Uh, who should manage this water? They disagreed. <coughs> he discovered a body of water. How do we, uh, uh, how do we uh, manage this? Does Abdul Muttalib get to manage it himself, or do they divide it amongst themselves? They didn't know, so they went to find an arbitrator. On the way to the arbitrator, they got lost, and they prepared to die, because they were, they're lost. Once you're lost in the desert, it's a death sentence. They ran out of water, and they simply got ready to die. Abdul Muttalib says they started digging graves, and said, when one of us dies, push him into the grave. We'll have enough, we won't have enough energy to dig. So they all dug their graves and they're ready to go. And they just laid there next to the graves. Ready to, that's, that's what you did in the old days. People were 
SubhanAllah, life was tough. You just sat there waiting to die. Imagine that. Oh my God. Abdul Muttalib says, what are we doing here? Why don't we die trying to live? They said, SubhanAllah, that's why you're our leader. Right? They all got up as soon as Abdul Muttalib's camel got up. It, it, it got up, oh, a spring of water gushed from underneath it. And they said, oh people, this is the arbitration. We don't need to go to an arbitrator anymore. Allah has arbitrated. Abdul Muttalib, you get what you want. All right? Because you saved our lives. Here we are. You dug Zemzem that gave us life. We were preparing to dig to die, all right, to prepare us for death. So Abdul Muttalib then becomes the, there is no discussion now about his leadership over Quraysh, all right. He's from Allah. Then when Ashab al-Fil, this incident occurs, he's already established. So he's, he is someone you listen to him and you obey him. That's how venerated he was. His own rivals venerated him so much they would not question him. There was no rivaling him. It was like every time someone, every generation, someone transcends the entire, like, not to make silly examples, but in football, is anyone questioning Tom Brady right now? Uh, He's transcended the league. You don't treat him like another player. Michael Jordan in his time transcended completely. Donald Trump on the Republican Party. Is there any rival to him? He's transcended all of them. Right? So, Good, bad, or otherwise, stupid or otherwise. There is this concept that you are so far and above your peers, your, your peers don't even question you anymore. Like in Yemen, uh, they always have someone, right? Like from the Sadat. Like from the Sadat, there's, there's always someone who transcends. Like Habib Omar now, he's one of the leaders, right? From way years ago. He's considered someone who's even his, he's in the history of the Sadat already. At Imam al Haddad's time, it was him. Sayyid. Al-Faqih uh, Muqaddim Muhammad ibn Ali Ba'arawi Way earlier Okay Muhammad ibn Ali Ba'arawi Was transcended Okay And so when you have that transcendent leader He's unquestioned So they say to him What do we do? So he looked around He looked at the situation And we don't believe he was A mushrik He was a hanif Okay That's the first thing That's why we could say good things about him And the Prophet ﷺ said is the Prophet going to attribute himself to a mushrik? Why is he saying, I'm the Prophet, no lie, I'm the son of Abdul Muttalib? He's telling Quraysh, he's telling these people, don't remember who I am. You all know Abdul Muttalib as being someone great. You all know that he was aided by Allah himself. Why would you be surprised that his grandson is a Prophet? It should be no surprise. So Abdul Muttalib looks at the situation and he says, okay, there is no way for us to fight. And this, is an, this man is waging war against Allah. Let Allah deal with it. Look at the iman that he has. He's literally just leaving the Kaaba to him on a silver platter because he has iman in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is Allah's house. Allah will protect his house. As for us, everyone head for the hills. Just go to the hills. Mecca is surrounded by these mountains. Go to the hills. Okay? And watch what happens. And he was right. Allah protected the house. Okay? Allah protected his house with Tayran Ababi. So that's the, the, the background here. And when it says here, 
and the alam tara kaif of have you not seen what Allah has done with the people of the elephants? No, well, the Prophet, no, he didn't see it. He was born later that year. So we do have a reference of when he was born. He was born late, shortly after a major event. Nobody will forget that event. And there's a re- wisdom why the Prophet was born on that year. Okay? To connect the divine providence and protection over the Kaaba is the same year in which he brings birth to his last and final messenger. All right? But the Prophet didn't see it. However, it's, it's almost saying that this is so mutawatir. It's so mutawatir that it's as if, okay, the, the, everyone saw it. Now, when this happened and the birds came and they pelted these soldiers, not all, like half of them died, but half of them scurried east, right, west, north, and south so that all the tribes could see what happened, could hear, could see the wounds themselves. They could see the wounds in these people. It's important for that to happen. Okay? Here, let's talk to Marwan. Talk to Marwan, ask him when the uh, AC is going to be put in. Tell him we'll pay him whatever he wants. All right, so that's the idea of Alam Tara Kayfa Fa'ala. Alam Tara, have you not seen? No, he didn't see it, but it was so widespread, so obvious. All right, what happened? It's mutawatir, it's as if he's seen. Okay? And the highest form of evidence in transmitted knowledge is the mutawatir. So Allah has made it clear to the entirety of Quraysh, in the entirety of the Arabian Peninsula, that the Quraysh are people of Allah, and Abdul Muttalib is their leader, and he's a man, okay, not to be questioned. Okay, so, uh, he says here, Ruya. His name is Abraha ibn Sabbah, Malik al-Yaman. He was king of Yemen at the time. Alright, he's the he's the regent of the king of Ethiopia. And he's a Najashi Alladhi, and it's the same Najashi, okay, that believed in the Prophet. So Abraha worked for that same Najashi. That same Najashi. 50 years later is going to enter Islam. Okay? Or he means by that it's the same like monarchy. Okay? And the house that the church that he built, he named it Al-Qalais. Al-Qalais. That's the name of the church that he built. He wanted Hajj to be down south in Yemen. Okay? So a man from Kinana he went in there, and he defecated in it. Wow. So he, they had pictures of Jesus and Mary, and he desecrated them. Okay? So Abraha went, and he went, and he did what he uh, uh, wanted to do to destroy the Kaaba. Okay? But what's important for us to know is there is an idea of groundworks being... Uh, laid before the da'wah. And this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala laying the groundworks for all the Arabs for the da'wah to happen. Okay. So every tribe that he came, he would either offer them money or he would conquer them. Buy them out or conquer them. And when they would conquer, he would either tell their leader, I kill you or you show me the way to Mecca. Help me and join my army. So they all sold out. Okay. They all sold out. Now, كُلُّ طَائِرٍ حَجَرْ بِمِنْقَارِهِ وَحَجَرَانِ فِي رِجْلَيْهِ These birds were types of birds that were not seen before. 
They were not birds that were known to the Arabs. That's how they knew this something from Allah. They were birds that were in each ibik and in each claw was a pebble. Okay. Oz, how are we doing on the AC? When? Proposal. And Just get the first it done. Okay, good. And we need some. We need to be all black. All black AC. And and what do you think about putting the AC down here? Uh, I think that he's he's gonna do it like it's like an open floor plan. Yeah. I think whatever is the most pragmatic. Like. But I don't want an ugly AC up there. Yeah, it should be like maybe on that wall or something like that. We'll see. Once like the airflow gets going. Okay, it's... even at the bottom. Yeah. Yeah, that that might, that might work. The bottom there of that wall. You guys should see the studio. It's a great studio. There's going to be classes here, by the way. Arabic mutun. Ilm, fiqh. Good. So, akbar min al-adsa wa asghar min al-himsa. So, al-adas is a... Uh, what's al-adas? It's the um, lentil. So, it's bigger than a lentil, but smaller than a chickpea. That's not big at all. However, it's small enough to be like a, a bibi, almost. Like a, it's almost like a bibi, and it penetrates through the skin. That's the problem with this thing. Okay. It was one of those that was not normal, it was abnormal. Now, if a bird drops a chickpea or a pebble on your head, it's going to hurt, but it's not going to be like a big deal, right? Maximum, you bleed a little bit, maximum. But this was something that was otherworldly. If it hit what it, this pebble goes from the bird into the ground. It goes through anything it goes, it hits. So if it hit a human being, it goes through the human being. Okay. So if it goes through the head, it went all the way down through, out of between his legs and into the ground. So they, they didn't pick it up afterwards and look at it. It was one of those miraculous things. So it was something that was a miracle, nothing less than that. Okay. We believe in miracles. And, and this is mutawatir. فَيَخْرُجُ مِنْ دُورِ وَعَلَى كُلِّ حَجَرٍ إِسْمْ مَنْ يَقَعَ عَلَيْهِ فَفَرُّوا وَهَلَكُوا وَهَلَكَ أَبْرَهَا وَمَا مَاتَ حَتَّى أَنْصَدَعَ صَدْرُهُ عَنْ قَلْبِهِ So they died but not right away. They all scattered. It's so important to keep survivors. There have to be survivors to tell the story. Right? And as Sayyidah Aisha says that when she was young, there were three people that were still alive from the time of Abraham. They, they were his soldiers. They stayed in Mecca. They were blind. Most Arabs went blind anyway because they ate so many dates. They probably all got diabetes and were blind. It was very common for an Arab in old age to lose his eyesight. He said, but she said there were three and people used to go and ask them about it. right? And they would tell the story even until Sayyidina Aisha's time. That's a long time later. Okay. When Falata Waziruhu, his minister Abu Yaksum fled okay until uh, he went back to Ethiopia he fled and he made it to Ethiopia and he told Ethiopia uh, the Najashi about it okay okay and it is also narrated that Abraha akhadha li Abdul Muttalib 200 ba'ir that Abraha stole 200 camels from Abdul Muttalib so when Abraha had a meeting he called Abdul Muttalib for a meeting. And he said, don't put up a fight. We have no business with you. We're just here to destroy the Kaaba. So what do you, what do you say to this? Abdul Muttalib said, as for the Kaaba, okay, uh, 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 as for my request from you, your men stole 200 of my camels. And I want them back. So Abraha says, 
I respected you until this moment. Here I am about to destroy your religion and your most sacred uh, uh, building, and you're asking me about your own personal wealth. I have no respect for this person. Abdul Muttalib said, if you're asking about the house, it has its own lord. I'm not the lord of this house. Right? Which is just a fact. I'm not, I never created this house. That's why in Islam, why are you worrying so much? Do your job in Dawah. Don't worry about Islam. I, I, wallah, I don't have any worry at all about Islam. Why? You're not the owner. You're only obligated to, to, to protect what you own. All of us worried about Islam and Muslims. You're obligated to, to worry about what you possess, which is what your effort. That's it. Put the effort out. Blame yourself if you don't put an effort out. But don't worry about Islam. Do not worry one iota about Islam. The Prophet already declared, Al-Islam yu'alahu wa la yu'ala Islam rises and nothing rises above it. <coughs> Most, the status of Muslims may be weak if every single one of us did our job in purifying ourselves for Allah to make us worthy of carrying the banner of Islam. And then learning what this banner means, fiqh and aqidah and sirah. And then doing some da'wah with your time. Use your time. Right? You, with everything Allah gave you, do something with it. I don't care who you are. Saraceno, I'm not here 9-11, Hamza Hussein. You all got to do something. right? Even if it's passing on links. Wallahi, I have aunts, uncles, people. I don't know if they know how to read. Wallahi. They pass YouTube videos, lectures. Anything, little sound bites. They are WhatsApp machines. WhatsApp Dawah machines. Even one of them complained, subhanAllah, ever since I got to, all of a sudden, ever since WhatsApp, my phone is now has like a beard because of how religious my WhatsApp is, right? How much they, they pass stuff around. You don't know whose spirit you're going to lift. You don't know who their kids are. And their kids may one day become something great. Every one of us has to do something. That's what we own. As for Islam itself, I have no worry about it. And you should have no worry about it. You should have worry, though, about your effort. What effort are we putting forth? That's what Abdul Talib said. He said, for the Kaaba? What, what, what do I worry about the Kaaba for? It's not my house. It's Allah's house. He'll protect it. And it was. Okay. Hada Sayyid Quraysh. They said to him, they said to Abraha, this is the chief of Quraysh. And the governor of Mecca, all right, and he's responsible for even some of the Bedouin tribes outside of the mountains of Mecca. And Abraha said to him, you have fallen from my eyes. I have come to destroy your house, which is your religion and your religion of your father, and it's your honor from ancient times, all right? And you're worried about your camels. Unbelievable. Okay, it's, he says, "I'm the in charge of the camels, and the Lord has a house. Uh, the the house has a Lord, All right?" Abraha says, "Your Lord can't stop me. Your Lord cannot stop me. You know how many prison guards and stuff they always talk about this. Prison guards are famous for this. They said, "Where's your God now?" Subhanallah. They always say this to the Muslims. Where's your God to help you? Uh, false assumption there. Who is to say that my God doesn't want me in jail? Maybe it's better for me to be in jail. Okay? Maybe it's a test for you. 
Why do you assume our God wants us just to be out and about? Why are you assuming that that's what Allah wants? No, it may be very good for me to be in jail. If Prophet Yusuf was in jail, he'd be in jail. I mean, Prophet Yusuf was in jail. What's the problem with that? I mean, do you know how much dua mustajab the person in jail has? A man in jail, a man outside of jail may be working so hard for to to, to bring to guide his family, right? And we can say that we can say that a human can guide another human by the permission of Allah. Okay. A human can purify another human because Allah says about the prophets, uh, the dua of Ibrahim, send them a prophet, yuzakkihim. Okay? And Allah says about the Messenger, you guide to the path of Allah. So humans can purify and guide other humans by the permission of Allah. He may fail, but when he's oppressed and he's jailed, his dua is accepted. So where he failed in his power, now his dua is accepted. He's oppressed now, he's in jail. Oh Allah, guide my family. They get guided because of the dua. Don't try to us, us understand why Allah does what he does. You don't understand. So they always say this to Muslims in jail. Oh, where's your God now? What's happening with your God? And you know what my favorite stories are? Guards that become Muslim. There was a, um, an Egyptian scholar was jailed and his, he had multiple guards become Muslim. Multiple. From his recitation of the Quran. These are prison guards. These are not some easy group of guys. These are some rough dudes. Right? Really rough guys. But they're hearing the word of, of Allah all day. Right? And they're like, isn't this guy supposed to be depressed? He's reciting this. And it's a beautiful recitation. Right? And they, they enter Islam from that. And there's a language barrier, but they still enter Islam. It shows you the power of the Qur'an. So, oh, by the way, you, you guys know about the prison guard in Guantanamo who became Muslim? Recently. It was like an old story, right? He's a prison guard from Guantanamo Bay. He became Muslim. And the, the guy was Mauritanian. The prisoner was Mauritanian. And the prison guard got to know him so well that he became Muslim. They went on a tour together, actually. Right? The prison guard totally transformed his life. SubhanAllah. You don't know why Allah puts people where He puts them. There's a reason for that. Right? He says, All right, we'll see. Abraha says, We'll see. Give him his camels back. We'll see. فَقَرَجَ عَبْدُ مُطَّلِبْ فَأَخْبَرَ قُرَيْشًا وَأَمْرَهُمْ أَنْ يَتَفَرَّقُوا فِي الشِّعَابِ Abdul Muttalib comes out, he says, everyone, get, leave your homes, because in the old days, the, it was like Kaaba, and then within like shouting distance, homes. Not like today, where it's far away, the homes. No. If you go to Medina, the, 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 it's, the homes were so close to each other. It's amazing, right? It's almost like a camping trip. When you go camping, are the tents far away, or are they all close together? Right? That's how life used to be in those times. So, he said, everybody go out to the mountains. Just leave. And what did they do? They did it. They left their own homes. What does that show you the position of Abdul Muttalib in their hearts? Okay. And they all sat watching. Abdul Muttalib went to the Kaaba and he took the halaqa, the ring on the door. And he says, Ya Rabbi, la arju lahum siwaka. Oh, oh my Lord, I have nothing for them. Against them to stop those people, except you. Ya Rabbi Famna Minhum Himaka. Oh Allah, guard your sanctuary from them. Had that. 
يعني عارف بالله in the pre-Islamic terminology way of saying that right and you look at it it's just like their language yeah. poetry just like flows oh it just tongue. flows it just totally flows from them it's it's like in their veins yeah. the enemy of the house of this house is your enemy stop them from destroying your abode okay. the qira is the place of settling right your city all right so he continues and he makes dua and he says lamma kharaja abraha min al yaman qasidan makka fa sami'at al arab dhari wa fa'adhamuhu wa ra'aw jihadahu haqqan alayhim fa kharaja malik min al mulk al yaman yuqalu lahu dhu nafar this is just a long back story that we don't need to worry about this next he says alam yaj'al kaydahum fi tadlil has he not made their plan go astray Right, their plan has gone astray, big time. The plan of kufr, any time that it is against Islam, is no different than a boomerang. It will always boomerang back against them. It's always going to boomerang back and come into their faces. Right, the plan, the plots of kufr towards Islam. Okay. فَحُكِيَ عَنْ عَبْدِ مُطَلْبِ أَنْهُ بَعَثَ إِبْنَهُ عَبْدَ اللَّهِ عَلَى فَرَسٍ لَهُ يَنْظُرْ مَا لَقُوا مِنْ تِلْكَ الطَّيْرِ فَإِذَا الْقَوْمُ مُشَدَّقِينَ جَمِيعًا فَرَجْعَ يَرْكُضُ فَرَسَهُ كَاشِفًا عَنْ فَخِذِهِ فَلَمَّا رَأَى ذَلِكَ أَبُوهُ قَالَ إِنَّ ابْنِ هَذَا أَفْرَسَ الْعَرَبِ وَمَا كَشَفَ عَنْ فَخِذِهِ إِلَّا بَشِيرًا سبحان الله أوكي he says here, وَمَا كَيْدُ الْكَافِرِينَ إِلَّا فِي ضَلَالِ Allah says, أَلَمْ يَجْعَلْ كَيْدُهُمْ فِي ضَلِيلِ Has he not made their plot go astray? Meaning go against them. It has not their plot gone against them. Yes, it has. He says about Fir'aun, وَمَا كَيْدُ فِرْعَوْنُ إِلَّا فِي تَبَابِ كَيْدُ فِرْعَوْنَ إِلَّا فِي تَبَابِ The plot of Fir'aun went against him. وَمَا كَيْدُ الْكَافِرِينَ إِلَّا فِي ضَلَالِ uh, 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 enemies of Islam are in. Let's say t- today, who's bullying the Muslims left and right? Jews want Israel, right? I gotta ask Israel. Uh, you don't think you are only a small group of people, right? You want all of you guys have chosen to live right in the middle of a hundred million people who hate you. More than that, way more than that. Two hundred million people. How many Muslims are around Israel, right? Egypt by itself is ninety million people. You're going to put your, all of you there? Have you not th- looked at history and see that no empire lasts forever? You're eventually going to have a spoiled generation who's not going to be up to the task. And the Arabs, as miserable as they look right now, will one day produce a solid generation, a competent generation. How are you winning that? To me, it looks like you're digging your own graves. Okay. So the cade of the kuffar is always in tabab. These, you colonize, Europe, you colonize all the Muslim countries. Where are they going to get food from now, right? How are they going to eat? What you didn't realize, Allah has created something called the Wright Brothers. They made the plane. And now all these Senegalese and Nigerians and Moroccos, Moroccans are all coming and Algerians to France, right? You didn't know that Allah is going to create a plane. And all the subcontinent, which India brutally, brutally conquered, they're all coming to, to England. Right? 
And they're not losing their dean. You're losing yourself. Okay. England will change, completely transform. After colonization, fast forward 100 years, has England gained or lost? You lost. You don't have an identity anymore. The French, you don't have an identity anymore. You don't even have, like you look, just look at the Olympic teams. I mean, uh, the national teams of, of France. I don't see a national team. I see the North African national team, right? You can't make a movie these days about French culture. It's, there has to be a North African, a West African, a hijabi. It has to be, okay? You lost your identity completely. So yeah, you gained some colonization for a while, but you lost your identity, okay? وَذَلِكَ أَنَّ أَبْرَهَا as a kafir وَجَيْشَهُ أَرَادُ أَنْ يَكِيدُوا قُرَيْشًا بِالْقَتْلِ وَالسَّبِي وَالْكَعْبَ بِالتَّخْرِيبِ وَالْهَدْمِ okay. فَحُكِيَ عَنْ عَبْدِ مُطَّلِبِ It is said about Abdul Muttalib that he sent his son Abdullah on a horse يَنْظُرْ مَا لَقُوا مِنْ تِلْكَ الطَّيْرِ Go and look what happened to the birds and he went around and he found them all they've destroyed everything okay and he came back Abdul Muttalib uh, Abdullah uh, who is father of the prophet I said came back with his thigh exposed okay so that was a sign right there the thigh exposed and and Abdul Muttalib said that sign that his thigh is exposed he said this son of mine is the smartest of my sons because he, he came back riding his horse all around with his thigh exposed. Okay? So, well, what does that have to do? Okay, so... They went out and they ran out and they went and got all the spoils of war. Okay, all the spoils of war. So, what what does it mean that this idea that he came uh, with his thigh exposed? So the Arabs, in order to quickly transmit messages, you ride around, but you ride around with something different. You either slit the ear of your riding beast so that they see blood. The ear is like the least harmful thing to slit. You slit the ear of your riding beast until it bleeds. So you're riding around with blood means there's war coming. Okay? But he came riding back with his thighs exposed so people see him on the horse and they see his skin. Skin is the opposite of armor, right? No war. We have no need for war. So when, when, when is your thigh ever exposed? When you're relaxed, right? Prophet said was sitting back and his thigh was exposed when you're at peace. So it's a sign of peace. Okay? So then they all came out and they all took the spoils of war. Sa'id ibn Jubair said, These birds, no one had ever seen these birds ever before. Nor afterwards. So if you notice, the Arabs took detail of everything, but they have no name for this bird. It had no name. Okay. The Messenger said, Okay. 
It's their heavens, their, their birds between the heavens and the earth. Okay. وعن ابن عباس رضي الله كانت لها خراطيم كخراطيم الطير وأكف كأكف الكلاب وقال عكرمة so these are not normal birds so it had long beaks and claws and they were green خرجت من البحر لها رؤوس كرؤوس السباع they were predatory birds and they came from the seaside from some direction of the sea Aisha says could you look up khatatif on your phone with a ta khatatif they look like red bats another narration said Qurtubi transmits that this tafsir basically takes from the other tafsir alright and why are there differences in how they're described? That the difference, the, the birds were not all the same. Some of them were red, some were green, some had long beaks, some didn't. Hooks, right? They had hooked, like the hooked beaks. Right? So they had different types. They're all different types of birds. Right? Ababil Ababil means coming they came in waves. Came in waves. And they were coming from different directions. They were not coming from one direction. It would come from one direction, you say like it's like some migration or something. No, coming from all different directions. Same thing. Ababil is a plural word that does not have a singular. Right? If you want to know, uh, it's in one of the positions, the grammatical positions here. Ababil does not have a singular. Termihim bihijaratim min sijir. Hijara min teen tubichat binari jahannam. It said that it's clay cooked in the fire of jahannam. Written on it is the name of whoever it's going to hit. Kakawlihi ta'ala fi surat al-dhariyat li nursil alayhim hijaratim min teen. Surah Al-Dhariyat, Musawwamatan Inda Rabbika. Okay. It is created, fashioned with your Lord, meaning in the hellfire, for each individual person who went with this. All right. And some say the same factory that brought the hijara on the people of Lut. The same factory in the hellfire that brought the stones on the people of Lut. It's from Jahim, from Jahannam. Sijin. Sijil and Sijin being the same thing. Ta'ifah said, Ibn Abbas and Sa'id ibn Jubair said, Inna Sijilan lafdahu ghayr arabiyya urribat. That Sijil is a non-Arabic word that that they Arabized. Faja'alahum ka'asfim ma'kul. 
فجعلهم كعصف مأكول اي جعل الله اصحاب الفيل كورق الزرع the people جعلهم كعصف مأكول meaning the soldiers wilted like old leaves like leaves that were just dried out and ready to die كعصف مأكول or that it's as if they were something that an animal chewed on a little bit and left that's how the the bodies looked like you didn't not like a fresh dead body looked like he was eaten up stepped on complete mess that's how the soldiers look okay as if a, a, a an animal ate from a leaf and then left it and then stepped on it okay and then many animals stepped on it like you ever see a squirrel die and get run over on the first day you can tell a fresh squirrel got ran over second third day a couple birds took some bites out of it another car maybe at nighttime ran over it again it's like a complete mess now that's what it means kasfim makul i think one thing is like it shows that if allah chooses to humiliate someone yeah he really can so you look at like nature yeah. and you know like you, you like posting them on your story yeah. of you know how like just they're completely like it'll be like a hyena yeah. with like it's just one half of its body is completely torn off yeah. if Allah wants to do that to us he subhanallah can. we think that we're the masters of destruction yeah. and we look at Allah he's al-jabbar subhanallah look at these uh, nature videos and I'm uh, subscribed to the vicious nature videos right not the beautiful prancing uh, deers and mainly I just wanted to show these vegetarians that I like this concept you know they think that the deer how do you think deers die in nature Right? You don't want to eat it with a nice halal crisp slaughter right? of a goat or a sheep. This nature is nasty out there. They're going to get destroyed. Where you have wild dogs, they start eating before they kill. It's not a noble animal. Right? I like them from one aspect of their aggression and their teamwork. Right? But one of the na- reasons they're called wild, unlike the more civilized predators such as the lions the cheetah and they, they kill the animal then they eat it no the wild dog will start eating you before you get killed they'll all gang up on you so you the, so you're like a wildebeest or that's maybe wildebeest too big let's say a zebra some other animal a gazelle you can't move you're surrounded by these wild dogs they've all got their claws their their jaws hooked up on you okay they start eating you before you're dead So there has been zebras, wildebeests, running with its stomach open, it escapes, and then its organs are coming out. So nature is nasty, it's vicious. Allah has created these wild dogs, these vicious hyenas, these types of animals. Oh my gosh, the worst, the Komodo dragon. The worst. Because this guy is like slow but unstoppable. He's not fast. And his jaw is like this, and he's scary looking. And they have like venom or poison too. Yeah, I think that, that when they bite into you, you freeze. So you might see the weirdest video where you see a Komodo dragon bites, a, let's say, uh, some... Uh, some um, a boar, let's say, right? It bites into it. It freezes the animal. So the Komodo dragon will start eating the animal alive. And the animal will not move. It's frozen, right? So Allah is showing us There is a lot of bad things out there. Don't mess around with this God who can create the Komodo dragon. Some people need to be told not to mess around. Okay? You ever have a, like a really strict teacher? Right? 
and that strict teacher, and then a kid acts up, and that teacher gets fried, right? You know how such a good feeling it is to be on the good side of that teacher, right? You have a strict parent who completely fries one of the kids, who just acts up, and you're like, wow, World War III is happening here, right? Guess what? I'm on the good side. There's a pleasure to that, right? This is not the Christian God who is more like a librarian. Please be my friend. I'll fine you five cents if you're late. No. This Lord is, has the creator of the Komodo dragon, of the wild dog. Bad things could happen if you mess around. Subhanallah. And Allah created these bad things out of rahmah so that you, you avoid them not out of piety but out of intelligence. All this stuff like with the morals, right? Every human being loves to follow his desires. We all want to feel good at all times. None, don't lie. But Allah Ta'ala has created certain bad things that would happen, like venereal diseases, sexual transmitted diseases, the extinction of your population, various mental disorders that are coming to people who follow their whims and desires, so that you can see, oh, if not piety, then simply common sense, I'm going to avoid that lifestyle. Right or wrong, Right? out of common sense and fear for my own like life I don't want to go down that route okay with all these diseases and of course now it's like the media has totally shut down the idea that waywardness in sexuality produces diseases but that's the truth so if not piety then fear regular common sense like, I'm not going to go there. That's a rahmah from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It makes the decision much more easy. It's a much easier decision when there's going to be STDs involved and there's going to be mental disorders involved. And I'm totally convinced so much of the various dysphorias that exist amongst kids, it's because their parents are ahl zina. Simple as that. Their parents are people of zina. Zina produces diseases, not just physical, mental too, emotional too. Oh, one thing, like, since you're on that topic, yeah. it's like, you look at how they, you know, you mentioned that we're not allowed to talk about it anymore, yep. about how sexual perversion, it makes it, like, that it causes diseases. Yep. Like, you look at it, it's, I think it's politically incorrect to call them STDs now. What are they? Now they're sexually transmitted infections, STIs. Oh, infections. They want, yeah, because infections are, like, infe- not that yeah, bad. It's yeah, it's just something, it happened to you. It's like it an happened. affliction, like, you just caught it. Yeah, it's, but it's not you touching it. it. You're uh, you're afflicted. You know. Yeah, you you did it, but they want to make it sound like it came out of nowhere, yeah. right? And it's just an infection is not as bad as a disease, yeah. right? You got to keep in mind the words that the media uses, right? They will always. Okay, let's take an example. This guy who shot people up in Buffalo this weekend. A dude comes up. He fires away at a supermarket and he kills maybe a dozen people. He gets arrested. This guy, the word terrorist is never used, okay? This guy was arrested in a beautiful manner, civil manner, right? No one uses the word homegrown terrorism, right? Uh, White supremacist terrorism, that's what it is. The guy, this white dude, okay, he, he has a manifesto. Blacks are taking over. His agenda is racist, right? No one calls this white, white terrorism, right? Why do they not call white terrorism? Because they, they know so many white people who aren't terrorists, right? But when it comes to, let's say, Muslims, they don't know many Muslims. So they have no reference point to say that 
you know, nah, no, don't say Islamic terrorism. That's the difference. Look at how the media uses terminology when one of their own commits a crime versus when a complete stranger commits a crime. I'm not saying white terrorism is the right word to use. It's not. There's tons of white people have nothing to do with this, right? But just notice that they will use that for Islamic terrorism or Muslim-related terrorism. Also, like just like a psychological point, yeah. you, they call them like a white nationalist. What's worse, nationalist or terrorist? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. White nationalists versus white terrorists. Get the... get. I mean, if you want, you don't want to put all the blame on one group, which is fine because the, to me that doesn't make sense, right? Racial terrorists, right? That's what, really what they are, right? Because that's their agenda. And you don't want to throw all the groups. So take that element out of it. But they call them nationalists, not terrorists. So just notice. And, and where's the story, by the way? Like, th- if it was a Muslim or whatever, or, or probably, or an African, this thing would be news for three, four days in a row. Pretty much like a non-story now. I didn't see it in the morning. All right, let's go to Termin Bihjarid Minsajir Fajarum Kasrum at Kul. Let's go now to our open QA session, and that's what we have. Open QA. All right. Today's Monday is the day for open QA. Um I did it again where I um Accidentally reloaded the whole Instagram. So Ryan, why don't you get us kicked off on kick us off with questions from Instagram? I got the YouTube chat in front of me. So go up from all the way from the top and give us from Instagram. While I'll kick it off from YouTube. Um, Solomon, this is open QA. Any topic you want. Solomon says. How do I know that I truly repented to Allah? I keep remembering my past sins. How do I forget them? When you remember your sins, that is one of the signs that Allah has sent them back down. He has not kept it up with him in the heavens. He has sent it back down to you. And as long as it's on your mind and you keep making tawbah from it, uh, this the marker of tawbah is your intent of tawbah and intent to avoid it. That's simple as that. It's not that, any more difficult than that. When you have completely washed out your sins... When you've completely washed out your sins, then you will forget them. They will be forgotten. All right, let's start it off. We got here Dana 2020. Can you elaborate? Zina causing mental disorders. Zina causes diseases. Prophet says Zina results in diseases. It did not say only physical diseases. It's also mental diseases, emotional disorders. It's like the physical diseases came and nobody learned a lesson. They didn't connect the two. They saw that they connected the two, but they didn't stop. Now we moved on to mental diseases. Okay, and they're still not going to get the. They're not going to get it. It's it's as if Allah Taala wants to wipe out this population of people by making them love everything that decreases their population and kills off their kids. So they love abortion. They love homosexuality. Everything that will not produce kids, and when they do have kids, kill their kids. They don't want to exist, I guess. And I don't think they, they care about existing, right? They just care about now. Listen, if you didn't have a religion, why would you care about the future generation? Think about this. If I didn't care about, if I didn't have a cosmological belief about the role of humanity in life, Right? In existence, that we have to uphold God's worship on the earth. And we need 
to not be taken over by these other generations or these other civilizations. And we need to fight back. And part of that is manpower. If I didn't believe in any of that, and all I believed is I get one chance to be happy, then I disappear into dust. Why the heck would I care about the future generations? So they don't care about it, right? Let them not care about it. Who's ringing the doorbell like that? Is it one of ours? Maybe Muhammad. Oh, if it's the bouncy hunter, I want you to film it. Please. Could you film it? Bring okay. him up. Yeah, bring him up. Bring him oh, tell him, tell him, come and meet the owner of the property. <laughs> bring him up. Guys, there's a bouncy hunter. He's after, I guess, the previous owner of this house. Okay. It's a lot of fun dealing with bouncy hunters. I've dealt with it like once or twice. All right, so um, who is it, Ryan? No, it's a neighbor. It's just the neighbor, okay. They had a bash yesterday. They had a bash, yeah. What did they cook? Oh, oh, yeah, you better clean that grill. Oh, they had an outdoor bash on the grill. Okay, good. Reed says, tell us something about intuition from an Islamic perspective. If your heart is pure and your intention is pure, most times, most times you can trust your intuition. Most times you can trust your intuition. However, it's highly preferable to simply, to, to also corroborate your intuition if you have doubts. Is it my intuition or is it my just my thoughts, my nafs, my desires, right? The more you contradict your desires, the more you can trust your intuition, right? Because your desires get weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker. How do I contradict my desires? Fiqh, follow fiqh. Don't contradict your desires in your own way. Like, all right, I'm not going to eat my favorite foods, but I'm also not getting up for fetch. No, you're following your desires, right? You, we, in our religion, we avoid following our desires by following the sharia. And then more and more and more and more. So fasting extra days, etc. That's how you, you want to kill your desires? Stop listening to what's forbidden in music. Okay? Stop watching what's haram. You want to contradict your desires? If you're a guy, don't look at what's haram. That's the biggest contradiction of desires you will ever try to do. If you do that, I believe that you can really start trusting your intuition. If you're somebody that you can conquer looking at haram on your phone, on your iPad, on TV, uh, in the streets. Now it's summertime and we're amongst the people who don't dress. Even in the wintertime, it's all yoga pants, yoga pants, yoga pants. I want to say, oh woman, Allah created something called pants. Why do you have to wear yoga pants all the time and so we can get sins, right? <laughs> Some of these tenants, okay? Oh my gosh. Um, also, not all intuition could be good, right? Like that guy who invented um, jet fuel. You know. sinful behavior will beget sinful intuitions wicked behavior will beget intuitions from the darkness what does Allah say about Iblis he has wahi of his own Iblis can inspire from the unseen to the people who have activated the, the antenna for Iblis the antenna of Iblis is follow every darkness follow every desire go against the sacred if you go the opposite way, you close the door on Iblis. You close the door on sins. You fast from sins. You fast from food. You, you fulfill every obligation. You now are getting an inspiration from... You're building an antenna from the light, Malaika. I'm going to go quickly now. Rapid fire. Any significance to shivering after a while making dhikr? Yes, uh, uh, this idea of... Allah says in the Quran two or three times, which means you get goosebumps 
in your dhikr. تَقْشَعِرُّ مِنْهُ جُلُودِ أَلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا ثُمَّ تَلِينُ جُلُودُهُمْ وَقُلُوبُهُمْ إِلَى ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ That you get goosebumps in the dhikr, that's the sakina coming down. And then your skin softens after that. And then your heart softens after that. We're on rapid fire Q&A today. Adiz men, where the Prophet Muhammad's parents, Muslim, if his grandfather is a Muslim, we say that they were not pagans and that they are, then at the very least, they were Hanifs that the Dawah never reached and they are not pagans. And, and the Madakiyah have fatwa on this. Adiz men, why did Ibn Qayyim and Ibn Tamiyah seem to support ending in hell? I think that's a false um, understanding. I don't think that they did uh, support that. All right. Uh, I'm not here, 9-11. Two questions for the Shaykh. One, is there a link between the army birds Suleiman used and the Surat al-Naml, the army of birds in Surat al-Fil? No link. The birds Suleiman used were regular birds of the earth. The birds that came in Surat al-Fil were a unique group with assignments from the of punishment to the people. Solomon says, how to know that I... Ch-? We answer this question. Hamza Hussein, how does one even bury the well of Zemzem? Is it, it's not unstoppable. No, they were able to bury it. Okay. It, they were able to bury it. All right. El Saracino. Ryan said that we are not rewarded for the salam, but obeying Allah. Can you explain this? Which salam are you talking about, Ryan? No, he's talking about last week. Remember we were talking Bring about... Bring your mic up. We yeah. were talking about um, women who couldn't fast during Ramadan that to make up the fast so they can't do their six Shaban fasts. Yeah. So what I said is that um, the reward isn't, you're not being rewarded by the prayer, you're being rewarded from... Oh, what, what Ryan was saying here is that we don't, when we get rewarded by Allah, it's not that we're, re, we're not reward, rewarded for, it's not the action that draws us near to Allah, it's the obedience of Allah. So the prayer itself, we are told that certain times don't pray. When you don't pray at that point, that is the obedience of Allah. Right there. That's the obedience. Okay, it's not that it's um, the prayer itself. So when a woman has hayd and she's like, "Oh, I can't draw near to Allah," who said? By obeying Him in that, you're drawing near to Allah. You can. It's by obedience. It's not by the act itself. Okay. Safat says, "What would you say to those who say it's better?" not to have high expectations and not in order not to be disappointed. I say to those people, you are weak in Iman. Strengthen your Iman. Because Prophet ﷺ said, pray to Allah well, with certainty of the ijabah. You need to purify your heart because weak Iman produces weak hope. Strong Iman produces strong hope. Okay. Mazhar. Um, Hassan Mazhar. Is it okay to learn from an Imam? with different political views, where they are standing with the oppressor publicly. I wouldn't seek knowledge from such a person. But maybe his past books you can learn from. Maybe the technical sciences, maybe yes. But as a spiritual guide, I wouldn't be close. I I wouldn't draw near to someone who's close to someone. It's like a chain of transmission, right? You're close to that oppressor. Something bad is going to happen to that oppressor. It's going to spill out onto you. If I'm close to you, it's going to spill out onto me. Like the story of Imam Ahmed, right? Where exactly. Exactly. Story of Imam Ahmed where he said that Imam Ahmed was in jail and the, the prison guard was chit-chatting with Imam Ahmed and he said, do you think I'm one of the supporters of, of the oppressor? He says, no, not at all. The one who sews his clothes 
and the one who cooks his bread is the support of the oppressor. You, as a prison guard, are the oppressor yourself. Right? You, you don't have to have this job. Go get another job. Caitlin Joham, how long to do istikhara if nothing is moving or signs surfacing? Keep doing it. Keep doing the istikhara. It even doesn't, there's no length, there's no limit. Uh, Tamanna, I like this reading it from the screen here. Uh, basic hijab rulings according to Maliki fiqh. Everything except the face, the hands, and the bottom of the feet is to be covered with loose clothing and not transparent. Reed says, do you think raising our children to only care about the dunya will produce weak adults, meaning they won't be able to handle the hardships of life as well? You got to raise your kids upon taqwa, number one. And you got to raise your kids with exposure to hardship. Whether that's on YouTube videos. Hey, look at what these kids in Yemen don't have like anything to eat. There was a kid in Yemen. Our, my kids were shocked. I didn't show it to them on purpose. It was a commercial. Right? Is there? It was a commercial. It showed a baby girl in Yemen. She did not have like gluteus maximus muscles. She did not have a rear end. It was legs to back. There, she was standing up. Someone had to hold her up. Be, like that flesh had never grown. They had never seen a creation like that. They're almost like weeping. Now, do you think such a kid is going to complain? They'd be embarrassed to make a complaint about, let's say, I don't have enough ketchup, right? You'd be embarrassed to make that complaint. Is there a hadith that says the Kaaba will be destroyed? Yes, at the end of time, a man from uh, East Africa will destroy the Kaaba. Okay, I, I don't know what is it with the East Africans and destroying the Kaaba, but this guy will succeed. He will succeed. His name is Dhul Khuwaisira, and he will destroy the Kaaba okay, at the end of time. Nimra Fatima says, can we talk or vent to the Messenger of Allah since he replies to our salams? I don't think there's any harm in, in such a thing, right? Having imaginary conversation with anyone really, but mostly I do believe that we in the hadith, the Prophet says, we receive your deeds. I'm shown your deeds. So, and Allah knows best. Shaykh says, how does inspiration and free will coincide? Inspiration and free will do coincide because you set up the antenna that attracts the inspiration. Your own free will set up one antenna or the other. There's two antennas in your head. You feed one, it grows. You starve the other, it dies. The antenna of sins, that antenna will attract the darkness. It will attract dark inspirations. The antenna of good deeds and purity will attract light. So that's how inspiration uh, uh, inspiration and free will are connected. Your behavior will produce, will attract uh, what you attract. Are the Shia zanadiqa? No, they're not zanadiqa unless they have certain six beliefs. They are mubtadia. The difference is indeed is not a Muslim at all. is is a type of kafir, and the mubtadia is a Muslim, but their deeds are rejected. And they will not be welcome into the fountain of the Prophet ﷺ on the Day of Judgment. But at the same time, we say that they will not be treated like full kuffar. That's what we say about the mubtadia in general in Islam. And the mubtadia is a mubbid'i, is someone who holds a belief contrary to an explicit verse and hadith. And a kafir or a zindiq is a Muslim who claims to be a Muslim, someone who claims to be a Muslim, but they contradict what is known in religion by necessity. That's a zindiq. Okay? It's a type of kafir. 
How do I deal with regret related to sins? Regret is toba. Regret not related to sins. Learn the lesson, right? I regret saying this to so uh, to so and so. It caused me to lose my job. Learn your lesson, okay? And don't make the same mistake forward. Mason Hicks says, as I move forward with my education, I'm between Maliki and Shafi'i to study for fiqh. Could you give some virtues on both sides and reasons why to choose the Maliki school? Why you chose the Maliki? I chose the Maliki school simply because the in, my inspiration at the time was a Maliki. Purely personal, right? If he was a Shafi'i, I probably wouldn't want Shafi'i. And I had met some Shafi'iyah, and they were talking about rules that I felt like were not, they were saying something like, oh, the cap must be one inch below the hairline. I didn't really think that that was, you know, it wasn't something that inspired. But all of the madahib, four madahib are of virtue and value. So you choose by reading the biographies of the imams and see who you have to study with and make your decision. But, um, you know, uh, Talk about it on Thursday, right, Imam Malik? Thursday. Right. For th- we'll start reading Tadrib al-Madarik. Yeah, inshallah. Thursday, I, I might not be here Thursday, actually. Might be out of town. But we will start reading. All right, let's the next... Of Imam Malik. We're going to read about the virtues of Imam Malik. You should get a book by Abu Zahra, Muhammad Abu Zahra, on the four imams and read it. Or watch videos on the four imams. Okay. How do you reconcile free will and destination? That's like a whole uh, big issue. Free will and predestination. But the, to give you the nutshell is every choice you're making, Allah has presented you with. Whatever you choose, you are entering into a different destiny that Allah has made for you. One, or I should say one of the destinies. Because there is one vi- view about qada and qadr is that there are different avenues chosen for you. Okay. Whichever you choose, you're walking into your destiny. So that's how predestination and uh, free will, they are in line. Hum 121 says, I have a couple of friends who have recently converted that have may, many questions. I remember there's a WhatsApp. Oh, Ryan, this is for you. A con- Ryan will handle that. So Hum 121, email, send an email to info at safinasociety.org. Info at safinasociety.org. And Ryan will hook you up. Uh, Aida on Instagram says, Today one of the French region allows Muslim women to wear burkini in the public swimming pool. Should this be okay for the women to swim in the public pool with this attire? If it's not form-fitting or inappropriate, I suppose that that's what we're looking at, right? Form-fitting, that it's like really tight. And... Is it appropriate to be doing certain things? So the righteous scholars and the righteous people of that town, they'll see the incident or they'll see what's going on and you should go with their commentary. Right? The Saracen says, what do you think about Sheikh Abdul Hamid Kishk? He never used foul language. No. He was, he was a great scholar and preacher. How to love our fellow Muslims what we love for ourselves. Simple. You will profit and benefit when you make du'a for another Muslim. You will profit and benefit. So that's how. Okay, realize, if I want good for somebody, it's going to come back to me. So that's why you should want good for people. It's going to come back to you. 
What up? Uh, Ten Gazadiko says, What app did you say you used to read Tafsir from the time you used to stay awake until 3 a.m.? It's called, it's a website called Shamila. Shamila. S H A M E L A. Shamila. It's a very famous website. Okay. And you'll, I think it's maybe Saudi sponsored, but it's a very good and beneficial searchable website. Max Maximus D three hundred Maximus three hundred says I have a four hundred one k plan that my company auto enrolled me in. Most of the money was from my work, but they mix interest into it. Can I use that money? Is there a way to purify that money? All right. So they auto enrolled you into something that is a forbidden source of wealth. Um. it would seem on the surface of it that wealth is not wealth that you want to take and benefit from. If it's as you say. Just like someone auto-enrolled me into getting stock from Budweiser. No, I don't accept it. You're if, saying like most of it is his wealth? But like, it's like, how do, how do you... If, if they're giving you wealth and you're not signing up for it, but they're giving you wealth, if you can determine how much from the haram and how much from the halal, then what is from the haram? You give that percentage for the use of lowly things such as the mosque uh, toilet paper right you use it you're allowed to use it for lowly things toilet paper things that have no you know pure lowly things and then the rest you can keep for yourself does reading surah al-waqi'ah after maghrib increase it is it's considered after asr or any time daily recitation of waqi'ah was one of the actions of the sahaba anas ibn malik that uh, he used to leave his uh, the, his family the recitation of Surah Al-Waqi'ah, considering it something that would, would soothe your heart regarding the fear of wealth. Okay. Should we recite Ayat Al-Kursi after Qadat prayer? No, just after the Fard prayer. Amr says, what is with the whirling dervishes? I have no idea. I don't know how they don't get dizzy doing this. Um... But apparently, maybe it's a Turkish folk cultural thing. They didn't have uh, NBA at that time. They didn't have other things at that time to keep them busy. So, what do you do when uh, the sun goes down at five PM, right? Uh, in Turkey, in the fifteen hundreds, light some candles, get together, some sing, someone start dancing, get better at the dance. So. You're getting some exercise, right? Is it permissible, Cozy Chloe says, to combine prayers if you're busy? No. It's only for like a serious issue, serious emergency that you can combine Maghrib and Aisha or Dhuhr and Asr. Safat says, what would you say to those who say it's better not to have high expectations? We answered this already. Have high expectation of Allah. That's part of Iman. If you're weak, purify that. Is a prenuptial agreement allowed, says AK? Yes, as long as what's in the contract is a permissible clause. Okay? It's a permissible clause. The clauses or the, or the agreements must be permissible that you're engaging in. Okay? Next question here. Mm. 
This is from Ismail Abdullah on YouTube. What are your thoughts on Muslims praying for Christian reporter who got killed in Palestine? Is this allowed? It's such a dramatic thing, but the Muslims had gone overboard. It's like, why do you have to mix your deen and mess up your deen and contradict your deen for your emotions towards something? It was an emotional thing. There's no doubt about that. But we're not going to override with our emotions. We're not going to override what the Prophet said. Like, why would you go there, right? Why would you go there? No, she didn't die upon the Shahada. So, yes, you can... She... It was a dramatic thing, but I'm not going to go there and I'm and 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 be in a situation where I'm contradicting my religion. No, why, why are you getting involved? She didn't want it. Janazah prayer. She doesn't want your janazah prayer. If she did, she would have took shahada, right or wrong. Let's make dua for her. She doesn't want your dua. Why are you forcing your religion down her throat? If she wanted the dua of Islam of Muslims, she would have became Muslim. She doesn't want it. Respect her. Okay? How's that for a perspective? Respect the woman. She does not want your prayers. You're, if I came to her and I said, Hey, Shireen, put hijab on. Bow down to Allah. Is it, you accept it? No. So why is it after her death, you're making a salah upon her? She doesn't want it. So respect the woman. She, she wants Christianity. Let the Christians do the religious thing with her. And you as a Muslim... Get out of it. Common sense. Yes. You mean stocks? Equity funds meaning that funds of investors and returns. If it's halal, then it's all yours. Yeah. What if kids don't listen like today? I told a kid not to hit a horse and he deliberately hit it again. Okay, so there's a psychology here that you're giving attention to something, that thing will increase. So instead of saying, don't hit the horse, say, pet the horse. Massage the horse. <laughs> what you, the word you used gave attention to the thing, right? Look, when you deal with babies, they deal with your emotional reaction, not your words. So if you laugh at a thing a baby does, and you say, don't do that, but you laughed, he'll do it again, because you laughed, right? If you tell somebody... You know, don't hit it. You gave attention to hitting. So that's you're going to hit it. So, but, but give attention to something positive to do. Hiba bint says, bint Muhammad, also, is women doing job is allowed without need? If, yet, if yes, what sort of job? It's not about the job. It's about, is, there tra- is it traveling far for, without a mahram? Is it a job that has mingling in an inappropriate way? I mean, there's, there's a type of interaction that is acceptable and there's a type of interaction that's not acceptable so you have to look at simply the co- the content of the job the idea of earning money is totally halal for a man or a woman but it's the content of what they're doing that's the question anam jamshaid she says to to give dawah one should be a good listener i know a person he gives dawah but it's not effective he just talks and talks and talks i totally agree you got to listen and see and i don't i'm not even a fan of explicit dawah right just let it be implicit let people see that you're muslim and it's the same thing with uh, parents who are preaching. You ever see parents who are preaching, pe- preaching about studying, right? You make people hate studying. Just create an environment by praising people who succeeded in life, right? Praise, show examples of people who are succeeding in, in studies. Watch, you know what I do is whenever they're live stream, I watch the, um, 
the uh, the match, the medical matches, they, they stream them now. And you see these medical students, the elation. It's like as if they won a championship, right? It's fun to watch. So they like get involved. They're like, hey, maybe one day I'm, I'm, that's going to be me. All right, next question. Do you think like for Dawa, like if you have a friend who's like kind of getting close, yeah. one day like you kind of go in to close the deal, like you're like, you should be Muslim? Like, yeah, you have to judge it. If you're friends with someone and you got a long time being with this person, you can go in and close the deal by being explicit. Vantaview says, people tend to say our ummah is ruined. It is, it's, Imam al-Nawi says that there is a reason to say that. If you're warning and you're saying our deeds are ruining our ummah, you're allowed to say that. If it's a way of wav, okay, like we're ruined because we no longer believe in our ummah that we're suffering because of sins. This is a fact. Go on any Arab media, any Pakistani media, any Indo- any mainstream media, and give a speech and say, Oh people, we are being destroyed because of our sins. The poverty is because of our sins. We don't pay our zakah. We have zina. We have riba. We don't... You get laughed right out of the studio. Okay? So that's... We have a problem, right? Abdul Hadi says, If one says Athkara before sleeping, wakes up for fajr and goes back to sleep after praying, does one need to recite the Athkara like Ayat al-Kursi? And Baqara again. Ayat al-Kursi recite after every fart. Full stop. Simple as that. Full stop. Ayat al-Kursi after every obligatory salah. Okay. Shaykh Does inspiration and free will co- coincide? We answered. I'm not here 9-11. Question number two. Why in classical Islamic books does it mention... The gaze should be lowered, not only for the opposite gender, but also things that cause one to do haram. You should, Allah says, lower the gaze from temptations, including worldly temptations. Why? Because your iman can weaken. When you see the disbelievers and the disobedient having very successful lives, your iman could say to yourself, wait a second, they're succeeding and I'm not. Right? I'm trying to do... Um, the right thing and I'm poor and your nafs will desire that the nafs naturally desires dunya right the nafs naturally wants it so you can weaken so don't look at fancy dunya of people don't look at it simple as that and it's actually haram to look at it with a gaze of ta'vim wow look at that house stop it's haram what you just did is haram right haram in the about the eye and the tongue, ta'vim at dunya. Wow, look at the amazing castle. Haram. Muhammad Asar doing jobs in banks permissible. It's very, very close to being haram. And I don't want to say haram if the actual job is merely managing people's accounts, but ask other muftis on that. But of course. Anything to do with the ribas, haram. MMA says, ruling on watching men's soccer because the aura. No, the slightly above the knee is not a problem. Waste of time may be another issue. You know that the uh, Champions League will have a Muslim champ. It's either going to be Muhammad Salah and his, what's his mate called? Muhammad Salah's, who plays with Muhammad Salah? 
the Senegalese brother. He's a Muslim. In Jao or something like that. And on the other side, it's Smitu. Um, from Algeria. Nasser's country. What's his name? Uh, we got a bunch of Americans here who don't watch soccer. Um, what's his name? Benzema. Karim Benzema. Right? He still plays? Oh, he's, he's at the top of his game now. Really? Oh, yeah. Benzema's at the top think, of his game. I think he is a veteran, yeah. But he's at the top of his game. Uh, it's either going to be Benzema or Mane or Mohamed Salah that's going to be the hero. Like the top three forwards, two on one team, one on the other, are Muslims. So I guess that's pretty neat. It's, it's the issue of it's, it's letting people see Islam in whatever capacity. That's all it is now. Nowadays. And I think Benzema, he's like openly... He's 34. Uh, yeah, he's openly, uh, you know, wears thobes. His Instagram has like Ramadan me- messages on it. So he's not ashamed of his Islam. We, that's the, the wisdom behind that. I mean, even we can discuss the permissibility of playing sports for money. You can take the Hanafi opinion. I think it's permissible. They, they permit that? Yeah. Okay. Does occasional delay in Salah mean a delay in Ijaba? Maybe. Maybe, but have Hosna done with Allah, but maybe. Don't delay the Salah without a reason. Does Salah on the Prophet increase dua? A thousand percent. A thousand percent. Does Istighfar increase dua? Yes. Okay. Is there any way to talk directly in private? Yes, send an email. Shadi.almasri at gmail.com. Um, Aisha, Shukur. Please pray for me to raise my boy and girl as alim and alima and a beautiful heart. If that's the case, let their body physically be in the presence of scholars as much as possible and the presence of Muslims and in Masajid. Okay. Whenever parents come to me and they say, oh, I need you to help my kid. Oh, really? What's the situation? Well, they go to the public school, but I'm going to bring you, bring the kid to you on Tuesdays for your youth class. So wait a second. That's one hour. They spend eight hours in the school, five times a week, 40 to one. I'm not winning that contest. 40 to one, right? I'm losing that. So put the body of the kid, his body must be with the righteous. Nothing enters his ears that is haram, control it as much as possible, or the eyes. That's not just the kids, it's the adults too. One of the reasons I went into this, you know what I, I thought I, I said to myself one day at Yale? I'm going to trap myself in the masajid, right? I'm going to trap myself. I'm going to imprison myself in the house of Allah until I die. How? By being an employee of the mosque, right? I have to. I got to go to the masjid now, right? My email is shadi.almasri at gmail.com. Muzammil Patan says... A couple days ago, you said Allah does not play tricks on the believers. That's 100% true. He keeps his promise. It's as simple as that. There's no explanation. There's no mystery. Allah does not play tricks on mu'mineen. Simple as that. He does not lie to you. He does not have, it is not even possible. The concept is a blasphemous concept that Allah can lie. Okay? He does, that Allah plays tricks is only on those who play tricks. وَلَا يَحِيقُ الْمَكْرُ السَّيِّئُ إِلَّا بِأَهْلِهِ the trick that Allah plays on people is only upon those who are playing tricks. Upon those who are telling lies, they will be tricked. They will be duped. But if you're an honest, sincere, and you're as much as you are, you're a straight person, in the sense of your word is your word, your intention is your intention, 
there's no no funny business here. Do not ever think that Allah is tricking you. Okay. African Arab. This is person is an African Arab, and they say, whoever says Allahu Akbar ten times, Subhanallah ten times, Alhamdulillah ten times with their hands raised, Allah will respond with Fa'alt, I have done it for you. It's one of those beautiful athar and hadith. Shaykh inspired to give the Quran to someone but worried they will not respect the Mus'haf. Do not give the Quran to somebody that will dis- that has a doubt that will respect it. Rather, even in da'wah, we don't give the Quran to people. We give biography of the Prophet That's better to give to people. What about the translation? Translation of Abdul Hamid is, is the best, but still, it's confusing. I like to give biography of the Prophet It's very hard. Do you read the translation of the Quran? Not really. It's hard, it's just work, right? When I ask Allah for wealth, ask Aznika, I keep telling myself, maybe Allah will withhold it from me because it would corrupt me. Then that's why your dua is not going to be answered. You yourself don't want it. If you wanted it, you wouldn't do that. Allah's messenger said, call upon Allah while certain with the answer. The answer to your question is, oh Allah, give me the wealth and protect me from its harms. That's the dua that you need to make. Oh Allah, give me the wealth and protect me from its harms. Okay. Taiba says, are you aware of any dhikr for kids with autism or ADHD? No. Unfortunately, I do not know. Any dhikr to improve memory? Yes. The beginning of Surah Al-Alaq. When you recite Surah Al-Alaq and get to that, and repeat that. So, sorry, Surah Sabah Isma Rabbika Al-A'la. Next, on the podcast you once read from an old Egyptian book that said reciting 200 times ikhlas erases sins for 50 years. Yes, it's from Tirmidhi. It's a hadith from Tirmidhi. Okay. Next one says, what do you have, uh, Oz? Do you have something for us? I want. Mm-hmm. Someone asked for you to explain apostasy and the punishment. Apostasy? Getting backspaced from life. <laughs> Highlight, delete. <laughs> Apostasy is punishable by death, technically, right? It's a capital crime. Like, it's treason. It's, it's treason against your ummah. And you're corrupting. You're a cancer cell. What do you do with a cancer cell? You remove it, right? We don't give it open room to talk and, and, and go f- roam around my body, right? Diversity. No. Uh, but we can't do that now. That's up for the hakim. It's up for the ruler to do that. But that's technically the thing. We highlight that individual. And delete. Do you want to see something uh, really just like mind-boggling? Yeah. Uh, let me show it to you. All right. Uh, Safa, may Allah answer your dua and everyone else here. And Ya Mujib, Ya Mujib, Ya Mujib. By the way, I have an announcement to make. Wednesdays, after our stream, which will be a, a moderately length stream, we're going to have a dua session. Because Wednesday between Dhuhr and Asr is a time for Ijabat al-Dua. Right? And we had lost some of that because of our live stream. We didn't have time to do it anymore. Right? SubhanAllah, I had a dream the other night that um, it, I was at Masjid al-Fat, which was where that dua happened, but the Masjid was closed. Right? And there were fruits, beautiful fruits, coming out of the Masjid. And I open one, and every time I open it, it's soggy, no crunchy, and it's old. I realized we've abandoned the du'a 
between Wednesday, between Dhuhr and Asr. That was the meaning of that. And that I was taking pictures and showing everyone, posting the pictures, because I always post about it, right? Mm. But we had stopped doing it because we're doing the live stream, right? So I made Azima, Khalas, made the intention, we're gonna, we'll, just, we'll just do it on the live stream. 20 minutes after the stream, we're going to recite from Quran, and then and uh, Ryan will, you can create a scene, Ryan, where you can do a double face. I'll provide you with the images, and then the dua, and then private dua, silent dua by everybody. And then we close the stream. Should I? Should I? Um, yeah, you can play. It's play this is so absurd. Oh, I I close this by accident. Yeah. Is it permissible to feed non-Muslim meat that is not slaughtered halal? No, we don't do that. We don't feed non-Muslims the non-slaughtered meat. It's nudges. All right, here we go. Oz has something for us. Let's watch this video and see what it is. And then we're going to take Wild Memes' question as well as some other brothers' questions here. See this story. One Emory County garbage man is sharing a patriotic message after unknowingly being recorded taking an American flag out of someone's trash. Fox 13 News reporter Jenna Bree shows us how this veteran serves his country and his community in a way that is positively Utah. just recognize that grandma hasn't got the garbage can out on the end of the street and he'll actually get out of the vehicle and go get it and bring it to the street then just drive by Gardner doesn't have the need or the time to get out of the truck to pick up all the garbage cans but he will on occasion he spots that taking an American flag out of the trash and folding it he pulls up he gets out of his truck and he gets out and what is he doing and then immediately I'm like oh my gosh I was petrified because I'm like I'm married to a veteran what am I doing Brooke Cowley shared the video on Facebook admitting to accidentally throwing away the flag and admiring her garbage man's actions I see so he respected the flag so this is building off of the idea of respect in the Quran yeah no but it's just like yeah like uh, that's what I thought of of respect in the Quran it's just like what are their priorities like it's just so hollow and empty well think about it he's got nothing except his nation yeah that's, that's exactly what I, like, yeah. that's the point. He's got nothing except his nation. <laughs> Let's go to wild memes. Is it true that one soul can be shared in two bodies? La. 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 With polarized personalities. One soul is in two different bodies? La. So when one personality aligns to Allah, it balances the personality of the other. Not one soul in two bodies, but two souls connected. Like twins. And mother and child. I remember many people tell stories that they got into an accident, their mom texted them right away and said, is everything okay? I feel like something's wrong. He said, yeah, I just got into a car accident. Many times this has happened to common people, not necessarily Islamic like Odia or anything like that. So twins. Twins are so connected, it's amazing when they're split at birth or they go away from each other and they do the same thing, right? It's amazing. So for wild memes, not one soul, two bodies, but... Two souls connected. I don't want to be wrong, yeah. like, but I think there's an ayah about this that Allah says that He only makes one body. With yeah. 
Allah has not put two hearts in the, in the in the body of one man. Now, if you notice, one of you, you know what the ulama say about this? Notice that Allah said man, because there could be two hearts in a woman. Because the baby, yeah, the baby, All right? Physical hearts, but there cannot be two souls in a woman. So Hebawan says, Assalamu alaikum, is it wrong to do more tasbih than the allotted number? Yes, it is. Imam al-Haddad says, when the Prophet gives an odd number of something, stick to that number. But if he gives 70 or 100, then you may go more. And Amina says, is it permissible to feed non-Muslims? We answer that. Did you know that MMA says, or Eminem says, did you know that PSG player Idris Gay, Gaia, stood up against LGBT and chose not to play a game in which showed respect to it before its start. I didn't know that. No, I did not know that. I know that um, Abu Treka, number 22 of Egypt, has been outspoken against this. Right? Uh, Red Persian says, if you feel stuck in life, what should you do? You should dream. You should dream. You're stuck in life because you don't know what you want. The blessing and the ni'mah of knowing what you want. Make repentance that Allah will open your heart to what you want. Daydream. What do you want in life? Then go get it. No matter how big or small. Konate is also a Muslim, says Arizman. He plays for Liverpool and he's a defender on the team. Abi KM says, what are the akhlaq and adab with male clothing? I like wearing modest clothing, but it's out of culture here. And my mom has issue with it. Um, the clothing here shows front and back aura shape. I can't. Um, male clothing is not a. Uh, it is something that, if it's something clearly male, becomes makruh for us to wear it, for a woman to wear it, because of the element of imitating men. And if something is clearly a woman's garment, it would be makruh. Like if Oz came in, for example wearing lace, right? He's going to hear it from us nonstop until he takes it off, right? So that's the concept and the idea that we should not wear clothes that is simply men's clothing for that reason. It's makru. Which translation of the Quran is best, says Moin Malik, Abdul Hamid, and then also Sheikh Nuhas, but for Sheikh Nuhas translation, probably going to be $50,000, but uh, the... Like $90. Yeah, but the Abdul Hamid translation is best. You get it for like $9. <laughs> Abdul Hamid. Muhammad Abdul Hamid. Is the number of salawat to say a day? A thousand. A thousand. From Fajr until you sleep. One thousand. Can you tell kuffar bless you when they sneeze? Yes, it's a dua. May Allah bless you with hidayah al-Islam. Can, uh, JJ says, can I do sell in trade without ownership? If, uh, I'm not going to give the fatwa on this. I'm going to leave that for later. Because there is some discussion on it. Someone told to recite Allah's name, Ya Nur, can bring healing. Oh, of course. The light of Allah is a healing. Ya Nur, Ya Shafi. Okay. How do you know what time that is of the dua between Dhuhr and Asr, Adizman says? It's a window, we don't know when it is. We don't know when the window of that du'a is. Sometime on Wednesday between Dhuhr and Asr, there is a window in which the doors of the heavens open. Okay? We don't know when it is. 
But if we hit, hit, if we do the same time every Wednesday, chances are one day's days we'll get it. Inshallah. How should we feel about or look at the government of Saudi or UAE negatively? If JJ says if someone wears new clothes and does daily ghusl, he says that is for freshness. Do I can ready salah the best way? Did the pious do that? The pious, you can take a ghusl every day and shower every day. It's good to be clean. Cleanliness, we're a religion obsessed with cleanliness. And Allah has made showers easy, so you should be clean every day. What, what if I get really tired reading the translation of the Quran? Listen to it on Safina Society, YouTube, and SoundCloud. Learn Arabic. Take the Tajweed classes. Gok Celestes says, What surah recommended for marriage? Rabbi inni lima anzalta min khayrin faqir. The story of Sayyidina Musa when he went to the girls and he helped the women at the well. And then he said, Rabbi inni lima anzalta min khayrin faqir. It's Safin Saidi YouTube. Number one video, that is du'a for marriage. Okay, du'a for marriage. Ahmed Yusuf, you would like to come and sit with us? This studio is like open. Anyone can come and sit in, pretty much, right? Mainly guys, because we don't really have hangout sessions with guys and girls. Um, why? Because we because it's haram, right? <laughs> have unnecessary hangout. Oh, you're against women. How's it against women? That's like respect for women, right? Because that's the rule that Allah gave us. You don't look at women for no reason. If we had women's events, we do have women's only events. And we have shiuch. Every time we have a sheikh now, we have him, he has a women's only event, right? And if we had like spouse's session, then yeah. A woman, let's say a girl comes with her husband or her, her brother or her dad, and then we had some like, that maybe, that could happen if it was something like, uh, in a, uh, with a reason, there was a reason to do something like that. But people always say this: "Oh, where are the women in this thing?" Excuse me, we have Islamic rules here, right? Where we don't ha- have these hangouts. Okay, so I have had podcasts with women. I brought my wife along, and I interviewed a woman. Right? That's nothing wrong with that, right? It was uh, Tamara Gray. I had my wife on the podcast, and Tamara Gray was on the podcast, right? So in a, like a respectful way. So, um, and by the way, there's an issue with these, with, with Muslim kids, and they're all having boyfriends and girlfriends. They're not really thinking this thing's through. It's a problem. Like what we're saying for many people is like from the Stone Age. But I'm telling you, you should be proud of it. This is one of the things that keeps civilization going, right? I remember one time we had to split our, my, my Hadith class, in Soas and have a women's room and a men's room because the room got too big everyone said it's going to destroy the gathering the gathering went through the roof the women loved it they loved it right what do you think of Pickthall's translation says Ahmed I think it's a good translation I think it's a good translation Muzammil Patan if I recite salawat will my dua be answered yes inshallah there will be is there a hadith, Kozi Chloe says, about a thousand sarwat? No, not from the Prophet, but rather from Ibn Mas'ud, Abdullah bin Mas'ud. That was his practice. One thousand sarwat on the Prophet. 
Aya Leventine says, Is it permissible for a woman to never get married and dedicate her life to worship Allah? Yes, but not believing that it's better. She, she can do it if she wants to. But she cannot believe that this is a better path than marriage. You cannot believe that. And, I, and by the way, I wouldn't do it because people reach a certain age and then they get desperate. They realize I made the wrong decision. My bio, biological clock, my biology is telling me I have to get married. And then you just make a bad decision. I've seen it so many times where a woman will just not marry, not marry, not marry, and then hit a certain age, just says yes to the first guy who proposes, and he's a, it's a complete mismatch. The whole community is like, what? This dude in sweatpants is unemployed and five years younger than you? And the guy's a complete joke? And you're like this put-together person, educated, pious, good, and everything? And you accepted this guy? Yeah, because the biological clock says, take anything now. Right? I've seen it so many times. Have you seen it, Oz? Say yes. yes. No, just say yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Off the muzz. Okay? He says, I'm getting very tired of America. I want to move and study the dean. But I don't want to abandon my family. Take your family with you. Caitlin says, does preemptive prepping for a dua being answered increase the likelihood of ijabah? Like making your room, being pleasant, uh, doing good deeds. Yes, you do that. You should do these things. Preempt, prepare your dua with good deeds. Bring something to Allah Ta'ala. How does one go about pursuing medical school in the U.S.? This is Basil Diab. Basil Diab. Okay, if the only way to do it is loans. I don't have an answer for you. Unfortunately, I do not have an answer for you. Okay? How to get a medical degree without loans. Khala White, what do you think of Dr. Mustafa Khattab? Clear Quran. I heard good things about it. Did you hear good things about it? I have. Is he Ashari? I have no idea. I don't know. He, he's Asar. Uh, yeah. I don't know. You need to talk to people about this idea of boyfriends and girlfriends. We need to talk about it more. Some of the youth are getting into this. I don't know how you do it, right? You're not going to commit zina. What is the point of this relationship, right? I think it's because like it's very difficult for people. You know, like I think one generation, inshallah, you'll see the pious Muslims. Like the age to get married will be lowered. It needs to be lowered. Yeah. It's just people. They, you know, Zina. The reason why many people like they think it's the only option and they start getting boyfriends and girlfriends is because they know that their parents are gonna say no. Wait ten years. <laughs> wait twenty. Like fifteen years. It's Literally, not you know, practical. like crazy stuff like that. I have cousins who, um, you know, like they their parents are like don't even think about marriage until like thirty. It's not practical. It's not practical at all. Not why? Practical. What do you think is gonna happen? It's, yeah. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure it out. Yeah. It's, it's not practical and it's an issue, it, it is an issue these days. But, you, but as much as that, as impractical as that is, when you have a, a masjid going Muslim, another masjid going Muslimah, have you thought this out? Yeah, and most of the times, oh, I'm talking about the generally pious Muslim kid who falls into this. And I'm talking him off the cliff of doing this. You're not going to do zina. I know that you don't want to do zina, right? So you don't want to go there. What is the point of... It's like fasting and sniffing a cheeseburger, right? You're just tempting yourself to something you know you're not going to do. It's a problem. Uh, what is Ash'ari again? Ash'ari is a madhab of doctrine. 
a way of organizing and answering certain questions about creed, aqidah. And if you want to learn about it, you can get from the, our book, safinapress.com, um, Key to Paradise, where I've documented the fundamentals of the Ashari creed. What's your view on Muslim dating apps? It's a negative view. Pretty negative, I would say. What about you? Some people have gotten married from them, like people we know, but I, I generally have a negative view on them. I think it's like a public space and it's how you make of it. Yeah. Where if you, I think some people, like, they don't have other options. Yeah, some people don't have options, I was just saying. We have to be flexible in that regard. And, like, you know, if you're modest in the way that you're dressed. Yeah. But you, don't, you really don't know who's looking at you, though. I think that's the issue with everything on social media. Yeah, I wouldn't put yourself on there. Put, like, a blurred picture, right? Okay, let's go to um, Yunus Awan says, Did Bukhari dislike Abu Hanifa? Buk- uh, I don't know, I don't think so, that he said anything about Abu Hanifa, but Bukhari was his own mujtahid. He was his own imam, essentially. Huh? Yeah, Wahhabi is just like Abu Hanifa. It's too bad their opinion has no value. Because now, now it literally has no value because they're getting actually, um, they're completely discredited by Saudi's actions and their approval of it. So they're completely popularly discredited. And I think they're scholars and even, you know, like the, the Shabab who mm-hmm. watch these videos, they're like a lost tribe. Yeah. No connection to any like Islamic tradition. Yeah. And even their, you know, the scholars that they like, they don't, they don't talk about this stuff anymore. You know, yeah. they're just kind of free floating now. Yeah. It's d- disintegrating before our eyes. Eminem says, perhaps you could explain why you said the slight thigh exposure is not a problem for watching soccer. Because in the Maliki Madhab, the, the thigh exposure is merely makruh. It's not haram. It's not even makruh. Because the Prophet did it, right? His thigh was exposed in front of Abu Bakr and Omar. It's only out of like mura'at al-khilaf to avoid the differences of opinion that you might want to cover your thighs so that people don't think some, that you're impious or something. But the thigh is not the issue for us. Amina says, I always say salawat before sleep, so I have to pay attention to the number of salawat. Not necessarily, no. Any number of salawat. But as if you want a goal, it's 1,000 a day. What pathways would you recommend to meeting people that are good matches? Says Wild Memes. I would say go to classes. By the way, you know that we had people get married through online classes, Safina Society Online, right? Go to classes, study, join study groups. Fiqh, aqidah. Who's going to go to Tajweed class except another pious person, right? Who's going to be involved in these things, right? I would go to those places to find a spouse. If I had to find, well, alhamdulillah, I'm not in that situation, but if that was the case, I would go to aqidah and fiqh and, to, and classes and dhikr classes and online organizations. I'd sign up for everything. There you will find people. It still can't My be, personal like, opinion. It still can't be private, though, one-on-one or anything. No, it still can't be DMing someone, in private. <laughs> yeah. They would practice as a boy and girl. They practice stuff together. They do their surf together. <laughs> they would do their surf together. Wow. It's so... <laughs> And and then and then they're she tricking themselves. The, and then he he gives the sentence. Um, uh, how do you do the Arab of hal anti mutazawija? Right. <laughs> and then she says, uh, I don't know, but here's another example. Qama zaydun wa daraba amran. Oh my god! If the dua says glitter, you have been making gets no. 
as an answer. How does it get no as an answer? If it gets no as an answer, I keep going. Unless it's one of those where it's impossible, such as life and death. I'm praying that someone lives, they die. Right? Other than that, I keep going. I don't stop. Why would you stop? Ahmed says, your thobe looks great. Where did you get it? We have a source in Morocco that we're also actually, we're, we're sourcing our stuff directly from Morocco and Yemen now, and we're going to start putting it up on our stores. What country would be the best to live in? The one that has the sheikh and the imam and the community that can support you and your family. Sadiq says, not only do modern day Salafis Wahhabi approve of Abu Hanifa, but they're now attacking him in Nawawi. And they're saying because he's an Ash'ari. They're completely off the rails. I say to him, okay, who, who's, whose book do I want to go with to Allah Ta'ala? Ibn Abdul Wahhab or Ibn Hajar al Asqalani? I'll take Ibn Hajar. My book of deeds and my aqidah, do I want to go to Allah with Imam al-Nawawi or al-Albani? I'll take Imam al-Nawawi. Thank you very much. Don't they read Ibn Hajar? They have to. They have to read Ibn Hajar, but they, they, they accuse him. They don't him. understand it. They, they, they read, accuse him. They read Ghazali, Suyuti, they, they say all these things, yeah. but it always ends with, he made tawbah at the end of the Exactly. Book. Everybody. I think they even said this about Imam Yeah. Nasty. How about the hadith? Fayyazuddin says... If you go to the masjid and pray Fajr with the Imam and then do dhikr until sunrise and pray two rak'ah, you have the reward of Hajj. That is correct, yes. But you still have to do Hajj. The obligation of Hajj isn't lifted, but you get the reward of purification of sins. Uh, Cupping says, but the classes and the gatherings are not mixed, so how would you get married? Because there are people there with sisters and they're going to be looking for their sisters or daughters or cousins, and you put the word, hey, I'm looking to get married. Oh, well, I have, I know so-and-so is trying to get married. Someone there will hook you up. You don't directly go to them. You're indirect, you're putting your, your name out there as a possible contestant or a possible candidate for marriage, and then those people have sisters. They got cousins. They got uh, uh, family friends that they know are getting married. They got daughters that they know are getting married, nieces. So the word gets out. That's how these matchmaking is, is sort of done. Is watching swimming... Okay, definitely not. That's too much. That's too it's much. Too. Yeah, because it's tight and it's not even... The thigh is not even close to being covered. It's not... Soccer, it's like the, the top part. Bottom part, I mean. Just slightly above the knee. Reed says, are evil dua against other people accepted? They could be. Yes, you have to be very careful what you say. Very careful. So, hey, one must one make up the eclipse prayer if you did not pray it at the time? No, you can't make it up. Class, it passed. Elegant Adams says, how do I advise my mother who doesn't want to forgive her sister but has given her countless opportunities for reconciliation and she persists on toxic, abusive behavior? You just make dua for your mother. You don't try to go and correct your mom. That's, that's according to Imam Ghazali. Caitlin Johan says, Sheikh, I feel you, you've had... Every single one of your du'as answered. You speak with such conviction in ijaba. Many. Not all. I'm still waiting on a few. Not all. I'm still waiting on a few. Matter between me and Allah. But many in the past, yes. To the point that I know that you should go this route. Have no hesitation. Just purify your wealth as much as you can. Purify your food as much as you can. And trust in Allah. And repeat that Allah commands us. Trust Him. Believe in Him. He's going to answer you. 
Abdul Hadi, can you hasad yourself? I believe so. Can you hasad your animals? Like sometimes I see my cat, I'm like, oh, he's so cute. And I'm like, say mashallah right now. Yeah, you can hasad anything. <laughs> you can hasad an object. Oh, yeah. What situation is it acceptable to pray against somebody if they're oppressing you? Oh, Allah, make them stop oppressing me. Oh, well, uh, someone who goes astray, you don't want them to succeed because people will think going astray brings you success. Right? So Allah make them fail. Because if if we have ten kids in the in the youth and one of them goes astray, and that kid it becomes a great success, wouldn't he attract all the other kids to make to, to, to be astray? Oh Allah make him fail. Wild memes. If you're given guidance to act on something, but we were confused about it for a while, should we act on it even if we might cause trouble? Wild memes, can you please clarify a little bit? Because it's not really clear what you're saying. If you're giving guidance to act on something, okay, guidance from whom? Like from a local teacher to do this or that? But that thing might cause trouble? No, then we need to discuss it because your local, your advisor may not know your situation. But clarify. That's the deal, says, I'm going for an interview. Can you please make dua? Hey, everybody. Make dua that a deal gets the best possible outcome. If it's good for him, then make the interview go easy. If it's bad for him, then make him not happy at the interview. Evil du'as against other people can be accepted, so be very careful. I believe all the trouble in America is because of all the du'a of the oppressed for centuries, but also specifically the Muslims who they attacked, because their du'a is going to be stronger. Iraq, Afghanistan, all that. Now our country is like such a mess right now. As Nika says, what should we say if we go to the grave of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? You say what Abdullah bin Umar said. Assalamu alayka ya Rasulullah. Okay, and Assalamu alayka ya Abu Bakr Siddiq. Assalamu alayka ya Umar bin Khattab. And then you can utter some salah and salam. Allahumma salli wa sallim wa barik ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala Ali Sayyidina Muhammad. Abdullah bin Umar has a small uh, thing that I can't remember it exactly, but it's basically salam to the Prophet. If you wish someone something bad, does that mean that they deserve it? Not necessarily. Safa, if we don't take all the asbab, can Allah still answer our dua? If it's something that can be acted upon, the idea that asbab are there is the answer of your dua. Oh Allah, let me pick up my phone right now. The, eye, the, the fact that I have a hand that is working, eyes that can see the phone, and the phone is in reach, that's his answer. Now go do it. Pick it up now, right? So if the means are there, that is his answer for you. The fact that the means are there. What does it mean that Allah has made tawbah upon you? It means he's given you the opportunity to make tawbah. All right, Abby says, there's a story from a guy I know from a masjid when he lived in Kuwait. He knew a woman who told her, uh, sold something like, may Allah kill you. Okay? Or some bad dua of sorts out of anger. And the community advised her to stop saying that. Then her son died in Pakistan from a truck being ran over it. Wow. A. Leventine says, can you make dua for a non-religious, non-practicing person? 
if you want to marry them instead of looking for a practicing individual? That the question is not about can you make that dua, is about why would you do this? Do not do this. Do not do this. Why would you marry a fasiq? You want your kid to turn out a fasiq? How you marry a woman? That's how you imagine fast forward, that's twenty years later, that's what your daughter's gonna be like. Marry a man, fast forward twenty years later, that's what your son is gonna be like. If you're pleased with that, go for it. AK says, I'm expecting. I have no energy to do any ibadah. What should I do? Listen. Listen. That's it. Jay Perez, I have an upcoming interview as well. May Allah Ta'ala, if it's good for you, make the interview go smoothly. And if it's bad for you, make it not so. Wild memes, I was told, in a space of deep inspiration like dream, to give a prayer mat to someone. But the person doesn't necessarily want anything to do with me. Don't, do, don't follow that inspiration. Don't follow that inspiration. Unless it's just like, she doesn't like you. No, don't follow that such an inspiration. Okay? Unless there is something in the Sharia that you can back it with. Let's say it's another woman that you have a dispute with. Okay? Then you do it. You can do it in the name of rectifying this relationship. But if it's something that would not have a basis in the Sharia, such as a guy, right? And my inspiration told me, go give him a, a mat. That when the Sharia would not allow this, right? Giving a gift to another guy for no reason. There's no connection between you. Don't do it. So weigh it with the Sharia. That's how. I, that's what I would tell you. I was told to understand Wahdat al-Wujud at the same time. Forget Wahdat al-Wujud and Wahdat al-Shuhud. This is for the big awliya to understand. Which means that they see everything, they see the sign of Allah in it. It has nothing to do with that inspiration. Caitlin Johem, what's the line between asbab and looking desperate in front of people? You should never look desperate in front of people, nor beg them. But you may ask them, that's it. That's it. You can ask people if you need something. All right, let's wrap up soon. We'll take two more questions. Asking, Haycheck says, asking for a specific person by name in dua to marry, is that allowed? It's allowed, but it's not the best of action. You should say, you should add, or someone better than them. Okay. Ahmed Yusuf, can you have a conversation with the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam since he responds back? We answered that and I believe that there is no haraj on that. Okay. Can you ban this person, Ryan, on YouTube? Go on to YouTube and ban this spammer. Yeah, it's the same spammer from last week. No. No. I'm not even going to say their name. What's the responsibility, says JJ, of a man in marriage? It's too expensive to run a house. What to do if one is trying but needs a lot of help from his wife financially? But she is unthankful due to this. She goes back to her father then. She, she, she's not satisfied with your way of life and your limitations. Okay, I'm sorry. I can't have, I can't take care of you anymore. So, We'll pack up and go live back with your dad, right? I'm, I'm trying my best. I can't, right? Alas. Now, if there are kids, that's another problem. It's another question. But that's the idea. She, part of marriage is she accepts your level of wealth. Your level of wealth dropped. 
I can't keep you anymore. If you're not happy, I'll take you back to your dad's. Or I'll divorce you. Or, or, I mean, none of you guys are married, but when I'm looking at it, I don't see any other outlet for this brother, right? But, you know, you try to try to get wealthy, I guess, but. Cupping says, what is a fasak? Someone who sins openly and shamelessly. Shamelessly. Art by Fatima. I have a dua. I have an interview tomorrow. Your dua, please, may Allah ta'ala make it easy for you and he give you strength and give you quwa and make it go smoothly and make the job blessed for you. Is it an art job? I am Maddox says, it is okay if your job providing service to a bank. I have an interview. Is bulking up in the gym permissible? For what reason? To, to, to pick up girls at the club? Or in the masjid? Or for a legitimate regular reason that I'm going to propose to a woman I need to look good? That's fine. Ahashish says, what advice do you have for someone who has been looking to get married for 10 years? Keep looking. Start making dua. Do dhikr. Make tahajjud. Pray tahajjud. Can I make dua in sujood? Yes, you can. Of course you can. Do you need to disclose a potential suitor that you've been previously divorced and it's been over 15 years? I don't think you need to, but I think you should in the sense that if it comes out later, it's going to look really bad. You know? All right, that's it for today. Thank you all very much. MashaAllah, we had a really good... This time the Instagrammers outdid YouTube, by the way. And I don't know how many people are ever on Twitter. Um... Yeah, I don't think people watch it on Maybe Twitter. Okay, drop it on Twitter. Okay. Any tips for making tahajjud a habit? Yes. Do a lot of good ibadah during the daytime. Allah will wake you up and set your alarm, uh, and Allah will wake you up in the nighttime. They can't comment. Oh, so they just come here. At what time is the ijaba exactly as you worded it? I said that the ijaba is between is Wednesday between Dhuhr and Asr at some time in there. So if we stick to the same one time the entire year, inshallah we'll get it one day. Jazakumullah khairan everybody. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Nashadu an la ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk wal asr. Inna al-insana lafi khusr. Illa al-ladhina amanu wa aminu al-salihat. Wa tawasub al-haq. Wa tawasub al-sabr. Wa